This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Settling in a new city can raise lots of questions. How does the bus service work? Can I join the local library? Where do I go to get advice on renting a home? Over the next half hour, the team from Citizens Advice Bureau bring you all the latest news and information of special interest to new migrants settling in Dunedin. Welcome to Resettling in Aotearoa with Citizens Advice Bureau. Oh my hari mai, kia ora anō. Welcome back to our monthly Resettling in Aotearoa show on Otago Access Radio with Citizens Advice Bureau. Ko Anna toku ingoa. I'm Anna and I'm the manager here um, at the CAB Ōtipoti Dunedin. This evening we will continue our tenancy theme and provide some further information and advice regarding tenant rights and obligations around the different types of damage, uh, repairs and who's responsible and fair wear and tear. Always remember it's important to note that the Residential Tenancy Act is the main law covering the rights and responsibilities of tenants and landlords and that there's very good online resources about tenancy rights. Our own Citizens Advice Bureau website, www.cab.org.nz, the Ara Tōhu Tenant Advocacy website, tenant, T-E-N-A-N-T, A-R-A-T-O-H-U.nz, which Citizens Advice Bureau has um, collaborated with tenant advocacy groups to create that website. And the Tenancy Services website, which is a government website, www.tenancy.govt.nz and the Community Law Online Manual, which you can find at communitylaw.org.nz forward slash community hyphen law hyphen manual. When tenants are living in a property, there will inevitably be an impact on the condition of the property. Some of this will be the natural deterioration of things as they get used over time. However, there will also be times when things break or are damaged. So, firstly, the tenant should tell the landlord about the need for repairs as soon as they find a problem. The tenant could be liable for the cost of repairs if they knew about an issue, for example, a leaky pipe, but they didn't tell the landlord, and this caused further damage. If the tenant notifies the landlord about something that is in the need of repair, and the landlord doesn't take action to repair it in a timely manner, the tenant can issue them with a 14-day notice to remedy the situation. If the problem is likely to cause injury to people or property or is otherwise serious and urgent, for example, a burst water pipe, the tenant can have the repair done and ask the landlord to reimburse them for it. The tenant must have made a reasonable attempt to contact the the landlord about the problem first, however. A quick tip here is it's a good idea to take photos of the damage at the time it is discovered, just in case there is disagreement later on about the timing or extent of the damage. So um, who pays for the repairs? Well, there are a number of factors to consider to determine whether it's the landlord's or the tenant's responsibility to pay for repairs. It'll depend on who or what caused the damage, how the damage was caused, whether the damage was caused intentionally, whether the damage caused the tenant's care, was caused by the tenant's carelessness, when it occurred, and whether the type of damage is covered by the landlord's insurance. So fair wear and tear. So tenants aren't responsible for fair wear and tear. This is the gradual deterioration of things through everyday use. 
Fear, wear and tear is the normal aging and deterioration of things that happen over time when people live in a property. The landlord is responsible for addressing fear, wear and tear. Fear, wear and tear is sometimes gradual, like carpets wearing thin, but it can also be minor damage from everyday activities like scuff marks on walls or old things wearing out like door handles or stove elements or tap washers. But fear, wear and tear doesn't include things like children drawing on the wallpaper or damage caused when something is used in a way it wasn't intended to be used. For example, like someone used the stove to heat a room. Um, so what if there's a dispute about fear, wear and tear? Well, at the end of a tenancy, there can often be disputes about what is fear, wear and tear and what is careless or intentional damage by the tenant. The law is really clear on th three things about fear, wear and tear. Damage due to fear, wear and tear cannot be the result of intentional careless actions by the tenant or their guests. Fear, wear and tear should relate to the normal and permitted activities of the tenant during the time they lived in the property. And it's the landlord's responsibility to prove that particular damage is not the result of fear, wear and tear. On the other hand, it is for the tenant to prove that the damage was not caused intentionally or by their carelessness or imprisonable activities or by other activities that are in breach of the tenancy agreement. Like, for example, keeping pets without permission or have more people in the flat than the tenancy agreement allowed. So if a tenant doesn't keep the place reasonably clean and tidy or leaves rubbish behind at the end of the tenancy, this can contribute to wear and tear that is more rapid than would usually occur. If this is the case, the tenant may be asked to pay for damage. So another thing is that some landlords might inappropriately try to make tenants pay for fair wear and tear by claiming some or all of the bond when the tenancy ends. If the tenant doesn't challenge this by also claiming the bond, it is likely that the landlord will receive the bond. So a quick tip here is that unless the tenant owes the landlord money for damage or unpaid rent, they should always claim their bond back when they leave their house or flat. Sometimes a landlord may claim the bond to pay for cleaning of carpets or the repainting of ceilings that are badly stained by smoke or mould. The tenant will usually have to pay for these costs unless they can prove that the property was in a similar condition at the start of the ten tenancy. That's why it's always important to take lots of photos. And this um, also shows the importance of completing a full property inspection report at the start of the tenancy. So how to avoid paying for wear and tear. So if you start off right, the tenant should make sure the property is clean, tidy and not in need of any repairs before they move in. Always complete a property inspection report and have the landlord sign it at the same time as the tenancy agreement is signed. If there is cleaning to be done and the tenant is prepared to do it, make sure this is noted on the property inspection report. The tenant is only required to leave the place in the same condition as it was when they shifted in, minus fair wear and tear. Um, another way to avoid paying for wear and tear is to look after the house or flat. Tenants should keep the property clean and tidy and tell the landlord about any repairs that need doing as soon as possible, as we've mentioned earlier. They should keep a record of the repairs and work they have asked to be done and what has been done by the landlord. It may be useful later on if there's a dispute. 
applied for the bond back. Unless the tenant knows, as we said, they owe the landlord for unpaid rent or damage they've caused, they should always apply for the bond back when they shift out. So if it is not fair wear and tear, what proof is required of the cause of damage? A landlord must, as we said, a, man, a landlord must prove the damage to the premise happened during the tenancy and is more than fair wear and tear. If this is established to avoid liability, the tenant must prove they did not carelessly or intentionally cause or commit the damage. Tenants are also liable for the actions of people at the rental with their permission. The evidence must show that it is more likely than not that the alleged thing happened. What can a, do, a tenant do if a guest did the damage? Tenants are responsible for intentional or careless damage caused by their guest, which can include flatmates, friends, and even strangers at a party. If the tenant is liable to pay for the damage, the landlord is entitled to deal directly with them in getting the damage fixed and paid for. They don't have to chase the person who actually did it. If it's clear which guest caused the damage, the tenant can ask them to reimburse the amount they've had to pay the landlord for repairs. If the guest doesn't reimburse the tenant, they might consider taking them to the disputes tribunal and um, lodging a claim there. Careless damage. So this is if the tenant or their guests intentionally damage the property, then the tenant is responsible. Careless damage is damage caused through lack of attention, care or precaution. For example, a tenant leaves something unattended that's cooking on the stovetop and it causes a fire. So in this case, what is the tenant liable for? Well, the tenant can be held partially responsible for damage caused by careless behaviour, but this is capped so that there is a limit on how much a tenant can be held liable to pay. The limits to the tenant's liability for careless damage are... The, the, they're liable to pay the cost of the repairs up to an amount equal to four weeks' rent or the landlord's insurance excess, whichever amount is lower. This is called the cost limit. And the same as if that was the same as if the tenant is in a state or community house housing and has income and related rent, the cost limit is up to an, an amount equal to four weeks' rent or the landlord's insurance ex excess, whichever is lower. If the landlord doesn't have insurance, the cost limit is four weeks' rent. The cost limit also applies to unintentional or careless damage caused by the tenant when removing a fixture. A fixture is something that is fixed in position to the building or the ground, such as a heat pump or a bracket to secure a bookshelf to the wall. The landlord can't ask the tenant for or accept any more money for the damage than the cost limit. If the tenant and the landlord agree, the tenant can do the repair work themselves up to the value that isn't more than the cost limit. The landlord's insurance company can, cannot chase the tenant for any money it pays out to the landlord for repairs. If the nature of the tenant's careless damage is something that means that the landlord's insurer won't pay out, the tenant is still only liable up to the cost limit. Landlords have to provide tenants with an insurance statement with the tenancy agreement when the tenancy begins. This document will tell the tenant how much the insurance excess is. So what about accidental damage? Sometimes the tenant causes damage even when they're being careful. And actually the law isn't clear whether accidental damage comes under careless damage. 
i.e. the tenant is liable up to the cost limit, or where the tenants are not liable for accidents at all. But some examples of things that the Tenancy Tribunal has said were accidental damage and the tenant was not liable for are a tenant knocked over a hot iron onto a carpet, then immediately picked it up, it melted the carpet. Um, A tenant hung a heavy bag on a command hook that had been installed by the landlord and the landlord hadn't told the tenant how much weight the hook could take and the hook pulled off the wall and damaged it. Another example of accidental damage that the tenancy tribunal ruled on was a tenant was using a blender stick when it fell out of her hands and damaged a stone bench top. And another one is a tenant dropped a coffee cup onto a glass ceramic cooktop and it cracked. So they were all deemed accidental by the tenancy tribunal. So another type of damage would be intentional damage. This is if the tenant or their guests intentionally damaged the property then the tenant is definitely responsible. The landlord can ask the tenant to repair the damage or to pay the cost of replacement or repair. Most cases, it will be obvious that damage has been caused intentionally, like if the tenant punches a hole in the wall. Um, Sometimes it can be difficult to determine what is intentional, accidental or careless. Um, But here's an example of a tribunal case study. Tenants were found liable for damage done by their dogs urinating on the carpet of their rental property. Because the dogs had already urinated on the carpet in the past, the tenants would have known they would do this again because they roamed around freely inside the house. And although the tenancy agreement expressly permitted dogs on the property, um, the court said that did not mean the landlord assumed all risk and damage. The tenants had also told the landlord that the dogs were house trained damaged was the damage here was deemed to be intentional so other forms of damage maybe when like for example a tenant makes changes to the house or the flat so they can ask to make changes to the property like renovations and attaching fixtures like brackets for shelving if the attachment of the fixture is minor is a minor change tenants must remove it and change things back to how they were at the beginning of the tenancy unless they have agreed with the landlord that the fixture can stay. If a tenant has attached a fixture, the tenant may remove it when they leave, unless that would cause irreparable damage. If they do cause damage when they try and remove it, the tenant must inform the landlord immediately, and the landlord can choose whether the tenant must either repair the damage or compensate the landlord for any reasonable expenses incurred in doing the repairs. And again, um, unless the damage damage was intentional or caused by an action that was an imprisonable offence, then the tenant's liability will be limited to the cost limited, the cost limit associated with carelessness. So, damage caused by someone other than the landlord, as we mentioned above, of a guest of the tenant. Um, damages the property, the landlord is allowed to treat the issue as if if it was the tenant that caused the damage. Anyone who is on the property with the tenant's permission um, will be assumed to be a guest of the tenant, even if the tenant isn't there at the time, unless the tenant proves that they took reasonable steps to prevent them from coming onto the property or tried to make them leave. If someone who is not the tenant's guest damages the property, such as a burglar or the landlord's contractor, the landlord is responsible for the problem. 
if the tenant has a party that gets out of control and property is intentionally damaged, the landlord is allowed to presume that all the people were guests of the tenant, meaning the tenant will be held responsible. To avoid being responsible for the damage, the tenant would need evidence to show that they took reasonable steps to stop the people from coming onto the property or tried to get them to leave, for example, by calling the police. Another um, damage might be acts of God, like storms, their natural events, earthquakes. The landlord is responsible for fixing damage caused by natural events. So what if there's a dispute over responsibility for damage? Well, if they can't agree over who's responsible, either party can apply to the tenancy tribunal for a decision. So getting repairs done. So as we've mentioned, keeping the property in a reasonable state of repair is one of the landlord's responsibilities. Tenants must tell the landlord straight away if they are aware of something that needs to be repaired or maintained, no matter how it happened or who caused the damage. And the landlord should arrange for the repairs to occur in a reasonable time. So if the landlord gives them permission to do the work, then yes, the tenant can do repairs themselves. They are allowed to undertake it um, for the damage they or their guests are responsible for. However, it's usually wiser to get the job done professionally. If it's not done properly or to the landlord's satisfaction, then the tenant may have to pay for the job to be redone. The Tenancy Tribunal often charges tenants for the cost of a professional redoing of repairs such as holes and walls that have been poorly patched by tenants. So how quickly should a landlord do the repairs? Well, they often disagree, landlord and tenants, about how quickly this should happen. General rule is that, it, that the more important the work is to health, safety and comfort of the tenant, the sooner it should be done. If the repairs relate to security, e.g. a broken lock, faults which may have a fire or safety risk or faults which stop a tenant cooking or cleaning themselves, then these should be seen as urgent and undertaken within 24 hours. The tenantry, Tenancy Tribunal has said that a landlord may take a reasonable time to carry out repairs. Allowing two to four weeks is usually appropriate, appropriate for everyday problems. And tenants may have to be patient because if there are legitimate issues that slow down the repair process, such as understanding the source of a problem, like if there's a leaking roof, or finding materials, or finding a builder. So that just might mean things take a little bit longer. Um, quick tip, if the tenant does, does get urgent repairs done, um, oh yeah, so if, if, if it is something urgent, you can't get hold of the landlord, you can ask someone else to do the repairs and then get the landlord to reimburse you, but you have to... Um, make sure that you try to get hold of them. And, um, yeah, if they, if they didn't reply, yes, you can do that. But if you did get the urgent repairs done and you should take damage of the photos, sorry, photos of the damage, and then take further photos after the repairs have been done as well, Landlords who don't do repairs are in breach of the tenancy agreement. Um, and it's important that they don't do repairs themselves. Uh, a quick tip. There's a property inspection report on the um, template on the tenancy services. 
um, website. And that property inspection report has a place for the landlord and the tenant to note damage and defects. Tenants should not tick the condition acceptable box or otherwise agrees that, agree that the property is in a good shape until the promised work has been carried out. So a landlord um, shouldn't damage the tenant belongings either. Um, and if a tenant intentionally or carelessly damaged something that was already old and worn, they should pay. They should pay less than the cost of a brand new replacement. Um, can't be expected to put a brand new thing in if it's ten years old. Um, and so the tenancy tribunal uses depreciation information from IRD as evidence of what the useful life of a different chattel and fixtures are. And we can direct you to where you could find that if you give us a call. Um, landlord is responsible for to maintaining their property in a reasonable state of repair. This doesn't mean they have to keep the, in, the property in perfect modern condition. Um, and the tenants are usually responsible, as we've talked about, clean and tidiness, weeding the garden if that's on the agreement, washing exterior windows, replacing light bulbs, and telling the landlord when things need um, repairing. Um some landlords aren't very good at keeping up regular maintenance on a property, particularly if the issues are just general wear and tear and there's nothing that is obviously broken, um, like old carpet or blocked guttering. But if they fail to maintain the property, this is a breach of the tenancy agreement. So um, tenants are responsible for the outdoor areas to be kept tidy, if it says that on their tenancy agreement, um, landlords are more responsible for more significant outdoor things like pruning the trees and shrubs and to make sure the building's safe from dangerous trees and plants. Um, landlord, yeah, tenants are responsible for replacing light bulbs, but if, it, if they're particularly expensive light bulbs, it would be the landlord. Um, Pests is another biggie. Landlords must provide tenant with a house that is free from pests, and but the tenant must keep the place reasonably clean and tidy so that pests aren't attracted to it. You should always check for signs of holes in the wall or mice droppings before you start the tenancy. Um, if the pests become a problem during the tenancy, you need to let the landlord know immediately because they can damage the house. Um, smoke alarms. The landlord has to provide smoke alarms during the whole tenancy. Uh, tenants must not disconnect or damage them. And um, tenants are entitled to make minor modifications to the property, but you've got to check with the landlord. And, you know, um, doesn't so it doesn't damage anything. There's tenancy services are also created a template letter that tenants can use to request a minor change. Landlords must respond. Um, and they must allow more than minor changes unless they're unreasonable. And they can uh, attach reasonable conditions like asking for a particular kind of picture hook to be used. Um, 
and the tenant's responsible to return the property to the previous state. So, yeah, that's what we're going to cover today regarding um, rights and obligations around damage, repair, and fair wear and tear. If this this has brought up any issues or questions for you, please get in touch with us, and we can advise and guide you on your rights and options for your situation. You can call us on 0347161666. Um, directly in Dunedin or nationwide 0800 Um You can find us at 155 Princess Street. But if you'd like to come in, it's a good idea just to give us a quick call first just to check we don't already have a client in the interview room. Remember, we have three options for language assistance um, available to help us help you. You can also follow us on Facebook, um, Citizens Advice Bureau Dunedin. Namia Kia Koto, thank you all for listening in today. We will continue next week on the last part of our tenancy theme. Um, it will focus on how tenants go about raising issues with the landlord. Remember, our shows are always available on podcast on the ORFM website or.org.nz. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Kakiti on. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.